podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, soon to be 14, soon to be 12, soon to be who the heck knows. I, 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 that's the new intro. That's the new intro. It's like, who the heck knows? Because we don't. And I don't care if it's not funny. It amuses me to no end. Uh, I, me, the person talking, is your host for the day as usual, Philip Slavin. Uh, joining me, as they typically do on a Monday to recap the weekend that was and look ahead to the week that will be, uh, we have with us Jamie, JSJ, Ed Steyer Johnson today. <laughs> Yeah, I got the assist from Ed Steyer uh, stealing my family's laptop as I am in Ames to watch the Super Bowl. So he's got the guest appearance as my name on Zoom and somewhere behind me in our living room. I'm just waiting for him to peek through the glass door and just kind of like sneak in. I wouldn't be surprised you'd be able to see him right there. But Your dad is welcome to just hop on the pod (laughs) since he's there. He is so inclined. We would be happy to to offer him a couple minutes of airtime. They're watching basketball out there. He's being harassed by our dog. He's eating beef jerky and the dog wants some. They were were watching watching uh nebraska get decimated by iowa but i think they switched to something less depressing I'm just saying nebraska get decimated and that pretty much sums up nebraska sports um also joining us as he always does andy mitts uh, yeah it's great to be here <laughs> philip i love the the long run on sentences that usually end up with some sort of tense disagreement you know where you said that i is the host of the podcast so look it's it's gonna be one of those days i am High off of, you know, the absolutely fantastic win that the Jayhawks had against the Wildcats in women's basketball. I'm loving the fact that I actually get to watch it and really enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those episodes, guys. So that's what we're here to do. Obviously, uh, we were recording this on Super Bowl Sunday before the game kicks off. So we don't have any thoughts because it hasn't happened yet. And I don't want to do, hey, what do you guys think is going to happen in the Super Bowl? Because by the time anybody listens to this, they're like, why are we why are we doing this? Like, what? what? Anywho. Uh, so let's look at the weekend that was. Let's look back at Saturday and the past week around the Big 12. And look, I, I know we're supposed to talk about like the big games, um, but I'm more interested at this point in storylines as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, ever the team sitting on the bubble. Um, so we'll talk Texas Baylor on the men's side in just a minute, and we'll talk Texas Oklahoma on the women's side in just a minute. But I, I want to start on the men's side, and I want to start by looking at two games that have a major impact on – actually, three games, really – on how many teams Big 12 is going to get into the postseason, into the big dance. Um, we've got the the dream of nine teams going to the NCAA tournament on the men's side is dead. It's dead. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Um, eight is still a reality. It's still a possibility. It's not, a, it's not set in stone. But there's four teams who are kind of vying to help fill out the, the roster of Big 12 teams who can head off and enjoy March Madness. We, we feel pretty good, obviously, about Baylor and Kansas and Texas. Uh, and... Baylor, Kansas, Texas. Uh, I feel good about Texas Tech. And honestly, at this point, even with the loss, I feel pretty good about TCU, where where they sit at the moment. That leaves kind of three out of four of West Virginia, Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Iowa State. Iowa State's resume at this point is still pretty solid. They've got, I think, what is it, like eight or nine quad one wins. I haven't looked at the net in a minute. Okay, just... 
Bear with me. Actually, I can do it right now. Let's just uh, let's refresh this. And see. I would say that's all right because most people don't look at the net anyway. So. <laughs> I do. I love the net. And not the uh, wonderful movie with Sandra Bullock from back in the 90s. I mean, like the actual net rankings. Um, Wait, what? That's a random, like a random, uh, I don't know, reference to something that I never heard of before. It's too deep of a cut for me. Yeah. No, this is not going to turn into a Sandra Bullock, you know, callback podcast. Sorry, guys. Iowa State is 7-7 seven and seven in quad one wins. It's quad one games. They're sitting at 44 in the net. So I feel pretty good about them. TCU's at 53. Their resume is, you know, what it always is. Kansas State at 64, 5 and 9 in quad 1, 1 and 2 in quad 2. West Virginia at 69, nice. Uh, 2 and 9 in quad 1. I am nothing if not a juvenile uh, at heart. It never gets old, Philip. I it, like it, it the deep does. cut of a Sandra Bullock 90s movie and then immediately into the 90s. Yeah, like, juxtaposed with the... Really you know, well done. Nice reference. That's what you get here on the Ten Twelve Podcast, <laughs> folks. Okay, that's the kind of show you can expect. So if it's your, if that's your particular brand of jelly, then look, we are mashing around. fourteen random teams together for this next year and a half. So the least we can do is random pop references and or really old pop references, I should say, and uh, you know, juvenile. Saying yeah. old just hurts somebody's morning, like ruins someone's morning. It's like, thanks. I, I enjoyed it. If that. I don't know, or like if, if, if it doesn't come top to mind for me, then it's old, even if it like happened yesterday. So it's all right. That's a rule. Fair enough. Let's, uh, let's get back on track here. Uh, Kansas State, Iowa State. It's the game I want to start with. Iowa State had a 12 point halftime lead. Kansas State takes this game into overtime and it gets the road victory at Iowa State to help keep Kansas State around. The edge of the bubble. Uh, I have not seen Lonardi's latest stuff yet. I'll go Twitter search that while uh, while we talk. But both for Kansas State and Iowa State, like Iowa State's resume is solid enough. I feel like they're still pretty good. Now they're they're teetering towards like it's about time to put some more wins together in conference play, boys. But Kansas State just won't go away. They just won't go away, which is is crazy to say. Like. Kansas State, of all the teams, you're like, no, they're going to finish last in the conference. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament. The Bruce Weber will be gone. And now, and yet they're sitting here at 5-7, and seven, sixth in the Big 12 standings, tied with Oklahoma State. And the Iowa State Cyclones, the team that came out of non-conference play undefeated and went undefeated in non-conference play, is 3-9 and nine in conference and sitting at the bottom of the standings. Which, let me just say, and this is not a sh- if Iowa State fans, if you take this as some shot at Iowa State, like you and I just don't think on the same wavelength. Part of me wants Iowa State to finish last in the standings and make the tournament just for the sheer absolute absurdity of the last place Big 12 team making the NCAA tournament. And people will be like, how can they get in? I don't care. Like, I'm just chaos theory running right now. So for both of you, Iowa State, Kansas State, looking at both these teams, like what what are our thoughts on that game and Iowa State blowing that lead and just both these teams' situations as we inch closer and closer to the end of the regular season? Uh, so you're welcome, Philip. I went ahead and just looked it up for you. Joe Lunardi has Iowa State as one of the last four teams in now along with oklahoma is that after um, and, and along with byu yes this is this is uh let's see this is as he should have something sunday morning by. yeah yes okay. that is as of this morning he has kansas state in the next four out so he is has them basically eight spots away from making the tournament at this point which is absolutely insane to think about those teams really, really, I think, I think kind of to your point, Philip, what you're talking about earlier with the, the nine teams being dead, that, that dream, um, that was going to require Oklahoma state to essentially lose out the rest of the way. And since Oklahoma state is not inclined to do that, um, you know, I get the feeling that unfortunately it's not going to happen. Yeah. 
come on, Oklahoma State. Like, take one for the team since you can't make the tournament yourself this year. Yes, NCAA is the is the problem. But uh, but no, specifically about this Kansas State-Iowa State game, look, I was watching, like half watching this game while I was getting stuff ready for the women's game uh, for, for KU. And like, Iowa State was up by like 12. And then I looked down and started like typing stuff up and all of a sudden we're going to overtime. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? Like, Iowa State has a lot of goodwill that's been built up because of their non-conference. But this is, I, I, I really don't know what to say about this. Like they are fast approaching a complete collapse in conference, which is really weird. Like I, I thought they would come back to the pack some, but I did not think it was going to be this drastic. The coaches and whoever else voted in the media poll, I guess they, they knew what was going to happen, you know, that Iowa State was going to get out to a really, really hot non-conference start, but then yeah. fall apart in conference play that's and, and finish last saw. because... Right, because that's where they, you know, put them coming into the year. But, like, I mean, I, I understand, and, and having talked with a few Iowa State people that cover the team, I understand, you know, that they got to a point where they were playing with house money, right? Like, they, they had a bunch of wins. They had, you know, like, it was definitely better than last year. But I don't think anybody, no, no, no matter how much you want to talk about adjusting expectations in season, um, I don't think anybody thought that this was going to end up happening when they came into non or when they came into the conference play, because yes, you didn't necessarily think that they were going to win the conference after that non-conference that they had. But I think the expectation was that they were probably going to finish middle of the pack. And, and I don't think that that was unrealistic at this point. So I'm baffled by what's happening. Um, this, I think does say a lot more to me about how much Iowa State has collapsed than how much Kansas State has jumped up because I don't know that I necessarily feel too much different about Kansas State. I think that they are a a solid team that if they were in any conference other than the Big 12, they probably would be making a push for an at-large bid at this point. But this Big 12 is just such a beast that it's hard for a team like Kansas State um, to be able to take advantage of some of the opportunities that they have because there are just so many good teams. I mean, look, all I've got to say is imagine your flight taking off at halftime and laying at... 615 and turning on your phone to see what that final score was <laughs> like <laughs> eee. Eee. Not, not great <laughs> i didn't get to watch it i don't know but uh not great not thrilled andy to your point like i would say it's already burned through all the house money and it's starting to take out a loan to try and see if they can win some money back to keep their season going like they're like we said they're 16 and 9 3 and 9 in conference play their their net ranking is fine right now, like it's not terrible yet. It's still better than uh, Kansas State's and TCU's at forty four because they have all those quad one wins. And seven and seven isn't bad, but if you do quad one and quad two combined, they're seven and nine, which isn't terrible. But I, the question becomes: like, we've never seen a team from the Big Twelve. Who we've seen one team finish more than a game under 500 and make the tournament, like one time ever. Iowa State's three and nine right now. Okay. They would have to win out to hit 500. That's, they had to go four and two to finish two games under, if my math is correct. And I'm not a math major for a reason. Like, and that sounds okay, four and two. And no, they no, you're they wrong. They don't have they four wins have yet. Go, they, they would actually have to go five and one. Oh my gosh, five and one. Other they can only lose includes. one more game. Right. Now look, and, and, and we, we went into this stretch saying, you know, they get road win at West Virginia, they get Kansas State. Like we looked at the schedule and said they, they should be able to turn the ship around. 
they're four losses in a row. And you you can forgive Kansas and Texas, but at West Virginia, got beat by 16. Home against Kansas State, blow a 12-point halftime lead and lose in overtime. They've got a trip, road trip to TCU, who's playing well. You get Oklahoma at home, who's up and down. But I think Oklahoma kind of seems to have turned the ship a little bit in the right direction. West Virginia at home, okay. I think they're kind of heading in the wrong direction more and more and more. At Kansas State, Oklahoma State at home, and at Baylor. Like, there's only one game on there where you're like, that should be a loss, is at Baylor. But the way this team's playing right now, I... And that's the thing. Like, losing at West Virginia isn't necessarily, like, a killer. But losing by 16 at West Virginia, when West Virginia's had their own problems, Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that is... I. It's impossible to actually get a bad loss right now from the Big 12 because of the way that everybody's rated. But looking at that, that looks like a bad loss, just looking at it on the schedule. Because of the margin, because of, you know, the fact that West Virginia's been struggling as much as they have been. Um, Like, I'm not going to count out the possibility that Iowa State could do a, you know, a Georgia-like run where, you know, they just blow through the, the, the Big 12 tournament and get the automatic bid as a team that's, you know, like really far under 500. Um, like that's that's entirely a, possi- a a possibility, but I wouldn't count on it. Iowa State really needs to get it turned around at this point. Um, like you have to at this point, I guess, assume that they're going to lose that game against Baylor unless Baylor has nothing to play for at that you know at that juncture. Which that's really hard to imagine that that's the case. If even if they're not fighting for you know the lead in the conference and like that that number one seed in the conference tournament, they are still going to be fighting for a top two or three seed. This this Baylor team is that good, so. I mean, this is this is one of those you're going to have to like. That's your last opportunity for a marquee win, mm-hmm. the rest of the season, unless you get into the Big Twelve tournament and make a run. Um, you either have to have that one, or you have to have every single other game left on their schedule. Yeah, it's 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 not good. At a certain point, guys, like if you're not going to win a few more games, you're not going to make the tournament. Which it was one thing coming into the season and having low expectations for the team, like that's one thing. But to to build up the way they did. And to have it go this way and not make the tournament, like that's just that's gut wrenching, like that stinks. Like the idea of like, well, we weren't going to be there. There's nothing worse to me in sports than like going into something with a realistic mindset, even if it's pessimistically realistic, and then get it having situ- situationally, circumstantially getting your hopes up, only to then have those hopes completely dashed and ruined. Like, wh- why did you have to do that to us? Why couldn't you just you know not be good from the get go as opposed to like, well, we were close. Close is only only counts in in horseshoes and hand grenades. Okay, look, this it is the equivalent. <laughs> this is the equivalent of going on the road against a top ten team and building up a thirty point halftime lead and then fumbling it down the stretch. That's where we're at in terms of an individual game right now. Is is that a reference to a specific? No, no. I was just oh, like okay. I was trying to come up with a, with a specific game that I could point to for something like that that like really twists the knife. But no, I, I can't think of one. <laughs> um, especially, I can't think of one in terms of. Of, of Iowa State, like not one is that really like, comes to mind. Is it like um, getting into the postseason and playing really well and then your best player Losing breaks to their foot? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's something like that. So, okay. Uh, for Kansas State, I mean, look, I kind of was like, yeah, sure. A few weeks ago, we all were just like, yeah, sure. They're going to the postseason. And they still have way too much work to do to sit and be like, it's going to happen. <laughs> like, I know Kansas State fans are starting to get really excited and. But you're not saying no. But it's if I had to bet, like if I had to bet between Iowa State and Kansas State, honestly, I think I would put my money on Kansas State because they have the momentum that they need. They are racking up wins. I haven't actually looked 
completely at their schedule to see like which big wins they have coming up because they probably have some that are going to be a little tougher. Well, I tell but, you the schedule, and here's the problem. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's run through their schedule. They get West Virginia at home. It's a West Virginia team that is sliding, but this isn't a consistent Kansas State team, so who knows? Uh, road game at Oklahoma State, road game at Kansas, Iowa State at home, at Texas Tech, home for Oklahoma. Could they go? Like, I don't know how they do better than three and three in this stretch. Like that that's my that's my problem for Kansas State. Like for Kansas State, and props to them, they're three and they've won three of their last four. They beat Oklahoma State in a game where they just they they got the win. They went on the road and beat TCU without my, my uh, without Miles. They they played a good half against Baylor and then Baylor just ran away with it. And then they will go on the road and beat Iowa State. So like, can they keep winning? Can they beat West Virginia? Because I've got real. We'll talk about West Virginia in a minute, but like how they looked on Saturday concerns me a lot. OSU is inconsistent. Could they go on the road to Stillwater and get a win there? You know. I'm not going to pick him against Kansas on the road. I'm not going to pick him against Texas Tech on the road, but Texas Tech's not been perfect. Iowa State at home, and they beat him on the road, and you get Oklahoma. I just I look at this and say, is 3-3 three and three realistically? Like, what do they have to do in this stretch to say, we're going to feel good on Selection Sunday that we're, that we're going to get in? Yeah, I mean, I think if they go 3-3, three and three, right, they, lose, they win all the games at home, lose all the games on the road, they probably still have to win two. In the, in the Big 12 tournament to mm-hmm. feel like they'll get in it with an at-large. Um, alternatively, if they can pull off one of those big upsets against either Kansas on the road or Texas Tech on the road, and, and I definitely think the Texas Tech one is more likely just because of the way they, they match up with them. Um, like, it is one of those things, like, that could go a very long way to making it so that they maybe don't even necessarily need to win. Like, that might be the marquee win that they need. If they go 3-3 three and three and say they drop the one, you know, against Iowa State at home or something like that. Like that Texas Tech win should be enough to make up that sort of issue where maybe they need to win one in the Big 12 tournament or maybe they don't even need to win one in the Big 12 tournament, depending on how everything goes outside. But to feel comfortable, I think they need one of those two. They either need at Kansas or at Texas Tech and they need to at least win their first game in the Big 12 tournament. I think if you can do those and go no worse than three and three, then I think most Kansas State fans would be extremely comfortable and thinking that, they have a better than 50-50 shot of actually making it into the tournament at that point. And I'd have to agree with them, I think. Kansas State is 5-9 and nine in quad one, 6-11 and 11 if you combine quad one and quad two. That's... I I think, honestly, if I'm being fair, and, I, and Kansas State fans are going to argue that's fine, um, only once have we seen a team finish more than one game under 500. 3-3 three and three the rest of the way makes them 8-10. and 10. I kind of think they have to win four of these because I know that I, I think the big 12 tournament getting there and winning a couple of games to get you in. I, I, I almost think like when tournament wins do more for seeding than they do, like if you're a questionable, like you're kind of on the bubble, I think they have to be more on the bubble, more like, leaning in and a couple tournament wins help push them over as opposed to we need two tournament wins to feel like we're going to be on the bubble. I think they have to go at least four and two here to make their quad one quad two record better. If they want to have a realistic shot heading into Kansas city of getting a win or two to help out the chances. I just, I even going three and one, they're still sitting as like next four out, not first four out next four out. 
I'm not sure three and three is going to do enough good for them. Unless a whole lot of other chaos happens with the teams in front of them, right? Like Oklahoma and Iowa State just go on losing streaks and they knock off both those teams and they fall out. Like I think for Kansas State, you need some chaos, but you, you're going to have to win more than just three games of your last six. Yeah, that's fair. Like I don't, I don't want to, like I, somebody, somebody guy to me, oh, we should talk about the 247 put out their like, ranked the top 15 coaches in college football. And number 10 was Dave Aranda. And I was like, that's a bit much after two seasons. Yeah, I saw um, that. I was it like, is wait, what? Much. And that was very much a like, hey, let's get clickbait. Let's get clicks. And someone accused me of like, like not, if I don't like the Big 12, and I was just like, you don't obviously know anything about us if you're going to make that kind of a comment. Like I could be, I can make realistic <laughs> statements even though I like the thing that I like and promote it. I'm not here to just, you know, be a, be sycophant. a hand puppet mouthpiece. Like, sorry, you can find somebody else for that. But like, I want eight teams in the tournament. But we're getting to the point now where that's going to get harder and harder to do. Like, you really do at this point need somebody like West Virginia to just not win another game. You you need OSU to lose out. Like, you kind of need two teams to, to, to fall to the bottom that aren't Kansas State, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. Like, I just... That's that's kind of how it's just kind of how it looks. Yeah, um, what you really need is you need the top four teams to take one or two bad, you know, quote unquote bad losses. They need they need to be upset. Well, all for, of them need one one extra loss to teams at the bottom who right. have give them the, the boost to help yep. them out. Yeah, help. You know what? Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas. I, I am not going to advocate little... for that because let me tell you, Kansas is trying to get that one seed. I'm not going to. I'm not willing to do it for my team, so I cannot do it for these other teams. Hey, one <laughs> loss bases. to Kansas State's not going to knock you off the one line at the end of the year. You know, you'd be doing your in-state brethren a favor. You could get them in and then watch them lose in the first round, or maybe they could pull off a big upset over somebody that none of us like. Like, you know, it's very possible. We can have a whole. We'll just get all the eleven seeds. Here's the deal: all the eleven seeds, all the play-in eleven seeds, just. Be Big Twelve, okay? Well, that's that's how we'll do it. So we're guaranteed. That's the trick, okay, baby. <laughs> it's all about those win shares, right? Yeah, West Virginia. The game got away from them at one stretch between the end of the first half and the beginning of the second. They went one for sixteen from the field, one for sixteen, okay. and their eighty-one fifty-eight loss to Oklahoma State on the road. I believe that was OSU's biggest conference win since like two thousand and. Four. Uh, Joel texted me the stat. I didn't look it up. I don't remember. It's been a, it's been a minute, and I don't like to read too much into games that are big blowouts. Like we've talked about this with with Kansas and Baylor and, and Kentucky and Kansas. Like I read too much in Kentucky and Kansas. I shouldn't have. Sometimes you just have a bad day. But how West Virginia's players acted as that game got away from them, how Bob Hoggins looked as that game got away from them is what I take away more than the actual game itself. You can have bad games, you have bad days, it's fine. But when it really emotionally affects you in that way, at this point in the season, a West Virginia team who is sliding, who is struggling, at what point does this team quit? And that's a terrible thing to say. And a quit's probably the wrong word. What I mean is, at what point does this frustration that we feel like we're seeing kind of boil over and this team just accepts that this season is kind Become of and I hate insurmountable in a way. Yes. They're three and eight in conference play, 14 and 10 overall, the lowest net ranking. Their schedule at the end is in the gauntlet. They got TCU twice. They've got a road game at Kansas State. Kansas 
Iowa State on the road. Like, there's three home, three road, just like everybody else. But, and and, and we said they went through a tough stretch, but they're really going to have to turn things around moving forward if they want to get it in. That's what we said. We said we had a really tough stretch there. Now's the chance. Home game against Iowa State, get the win. But going to OSU and, and losing the way they did, like, you got a road game at Kansas State and a home game versus Kansas. If they go 0-2 the next two weeks, it's done. Like, they have seven games because they have to make up one of those games they missed. So one, they got four road, three home. If they go 0-2 this upcoming week, it's done. It's done for West Virginia. That's that's my opinion. Because at that point, you're sitting there at 3-10. and 10. They're not winning out. Like, they're not magically just going to flip a switch. I, I If they were going to flip the switch, it would have come this past week to me. You, but you don't go to the road to Oklahoma State, who's playing up and down and inconsistent. And lose the way you did. Like I, this week is huge for West Virginia. If you go zero two at Kansas State and versus Kansas at home, I think the season is done. You maybe you can find a way to get NIT bid, but I think this season's pretty much over. Well, I mean, I think we're at the point now where pretty much every Big Twelve team that doesn't make the NCAA tournament is probably looking at an NIT bid and a very good shot at one. Um, but the the other problem too is that they have to they have to be playing for one of those like the problem i think is that west virginia feels like one of those teams where they would see an nit bid as a huge disappointment and a failure of a season mm-hmm. which in a, in the big 12 that really isn't like you think of how deep this big 12 is if you can still play well enough to finish towards the bottom of your conference and still make the postseason in the NIT. Yes, the NIT is nowhere near as prestigious as it used to be like really, really long time ago, but it is one of those things where still, it is still postseason basketball. It is still the ability to work and to get better and get ready for the next season, you know, and to continue to try to win a title and, and finish your year with a win. Um, You know, yes, everybody wants to make it to the, to the NCAA tournament, but you also don't want to be like one of those Kentucky teams, you know, where you're always making it to the NCAA or then you flame out horribly in the NIT or don't even make the NIT. Like that is a worse, I think that's a worse outcome than getting into the NIT and losing, you know, in the middle of the NIT and not making the MCL turn. Like it, it's almost a, a matter of making sure that it doesn't get too bad. And this is a team that looks like and feels like they do not handle adversity well. You don't and want I think it. that's their biggest problem. Yeah. Like- is that they're, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you don't want it to be like a full rebuild. Like you want to have something that you can point at and be like, but we did that, you know, like we, we were able to pull it together for this, as opposed to just like a slow descent into chaos, like where it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then you lose a bunch of players to the portal or something. And you're like, literally starting from scratch like there's a way to build on it but like you said they have to buy into that and so if they decide that to this team an NIT bid is just as bad as nothing in the postseason then you know you're not going to see that incentive to perform down the stretch even if they do you know struggle this week and and basically fall out of contention there so it's very much like a, a mindset deal and it's it's really hard to predict where it could go because you could have a couple really close games that you still lose, but you feel a little bit better about yourselves or you could just up and be like, well, all right, we're done. I'm checked out. I'm leaving after this season. I just don't care anymore. 
Well, and, and to your point, with the way the transfer portal is now, like this is a big stretch for them right. because if they if, if everybody gives up on the team and then half the team transfers out because they can't handle it anymore because they don't like, you know, they don't like the situation and it gets a, to be a toxic situation, you set the entire program back a really It goes from really one season to several. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have to give Oklahoma State fans credit, though, real quick, because I was watching mm-hmm. that on the TV. And look, I tweeted about this, but I thought it was absolutely hilarious to audibly hear on the TV. All of a sudden, I heard, you know, have, having grown up with young kids at one point, I, I very, very vividly remember the Bob the Builder uh, cartoons. And to have them to have them chanting during during that, using that Bob the Builder song to talk about Bob Huggins and whether he can fix it. I don't know if they're referring to the season or the roster or what, but it was absolutely hilarious to hear it. And I had to give them points for for that creativity. Oh, that's gold. There's Bob the Builder. Can he fix it? Bob the Builder. No, he can't. Uh, that was not, you know what? I'm going to use the, uh, I know we've got good chances in Oklahoma. Oh. Woo, bad ad read segue. I was, I was <laughs> no, ready for it. No, no, no. Okay. okay I'm, I'm, I've got a different segue I want to go to. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. Speaking of Oklahoma State, Putting out some very clever uh, taunting. Let's use that as a way to transition to the women's side for a minute. Sure. Uh, Oklahoma State women's basketball (laughs) deleted a tweet that they posted. I'm so glad you sent me that. (laughs) After they beat Texas Tech on uh, on Saturday night that said, quote, those who stay are rewarded. Hashtag cowgirl family. Hashtag go pokes. If you don't know... uh, Oklahoma State faced off against Texas Tech, and two players who play for Texas Tech currently, that would be Vivian Gray, the Red Raiders' top player, and uh, Bryn Gerlich, who is the daughter of the head coach, uh, had played at Oklahoma State for two seasons and transferred over to Texas Tech when uh, Gerlich got the head coaching job at Texas Tech. Uh, Everyone understood Bryn leaving. Vivian also left. And look, let me just say this. We said on this podcast, player empowerment, Go do you. I have no problem with anybody leaving any school for any whatever reason. Gerlich and Gray uh, will wrap up their careers at Texas Tech going 0-4 against their former school. And I just say that OSU is still a little salty about Gray leaving, obviously. They deleted that tweet. That tweet was quite good. I'm I'm very upset that they deleted it. I'm sorry, but I'm I am all it's for Twitter. It's a little beef. edgy. It's a little bit. Oh, out you know there. what? I don't care. No, I, don't I know care. you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I will never work in the social media department of a major college institution. No. Well, like it's the kind of thing I, I am, let me just say, I'm looking forward to UCF when they join the big 12, because if you want to know social media school accounts that do a decent job of actually like trying to troll, uh, UCF does a pretty good job. I'll be curious to see if they keep that up or if the big 12 tries to stamp it out of them. I really, really hope not because it would be so much fun for USC to keep that FU mentality that they like to have about people that they have to play. Um, it was a bit salty. It was a bit much. Uh, and if I could understand, like, if a Texas Tech fan was like, that's terrible, that's terrible sports, blah, 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 like, whatever. Uh, you'd love it if it was your team and it happened in the reverse situation, so let's not let's not play that game. Um, OSU getting the win over Texas Tech. They are at the bottom of the conference. Um, I do want to talk about the top of the women's side. Because yeah. Oklahoma playing a good game against texas in the first half on the road and then the third quarter it just got away from them texas comes away with the victory 78 to 63 over oklahoma 
which now puts Iowa State back in the lone lead spot at 10 and 2 in conference play after they got their win over TCU 93 to 70. I Oklahoma and Baylor are both 9 and 3, a full game back from Iowa State. Kansas at 8 and 4, since two games back. And no offense to Texas, Kansas State, three games back. I still think they're kind of out of it. This t- stays a four-team race. Now, it's, it seems to have varied as to who the four teams were. I don't think it's Kansas State anymore. It's now Kansas. And I'm leaving this as a three-team race because it really still does feel like oh, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Baylor are the three teams. I, say, I, I, I will say to that, to that, though, Kansas has an opportunity to make it a four-team race because they play, they every, they play all three of the leaders mm-hmm. coming up the rest of the season. It's a brutal stretch for Kansas to end the year as Jamie and I talked about over on my podcast this last week. Um, but it is definitely one of those things where like, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal to watch the rest of the season. Like this is probably the most, well, actually I wrote about this over at blue wings rising. It's the most competitive, a big 12 women's season or conference standings has been in over a decade. Like that's how crazy the conference is this year to have that many teams. Um, it is it is the first time, uh, I believe it's the first time in, I want to say 12 years, I don't actually have it up, I'll pull it up as, as I'm talking here, um, where more than one team finished within three games of the conference leader by the end of the final standings, if assuming the way that the standings are set up now hold. So if, if Kansas is able to stay within three games um, of Iowa State, you know, and then the other two teams that are there remain there, this is one of those things where it will be by far the most competitive that we've had in for in quite a long time. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Like it's, I even you look at this. Yes, we say Texas and Kansas State at Texas at seven five, Kansas State at seven six are pretty much out of the running. But Kansas State's three and a half games back. Sixth place team is three and a half games back. When's the last time we could say that on the women's side? Like it's been so dominated to even have the sixth place team in current conference standings just be three and a half games back from the leader. And that not to be like, I don't think they're still in it, but it's not the craziest thing in the world to be like, they're not a hundred percent out of it. Any normal year would be like, no, nah, nah, nah. like third place is out of it. It's it's Baylor right. sitting at the top and maybe like who's there's in an outside no. chance of whoever's behind them. Yeah. If and, you told yeah, me Texas went on a run, oh, go ahead. Sorry. If you told me Texas went on a crazy run at the end of the season, because Texas still has, Iowa State at home, and then one road game at what Kansas State, and like other than that, if Texas if Texas beats Iowa State at home, you wouldn't. I could see Texas winning out with who they have left on on their schedule, and if other teams fall around them, they're right back in it. So like, it really is the most wide open, and I don't just mean like it's the most wide open because like it is the most wide open. The women's side has been in a very very long time, and that's not because it's bad now. It's because. <laughs> Baylor's not as uh, sometimes people are like, well, it's wide open because everyone stinks now. Like, no, it's just because more teams have risen up. Baylor's come down a slight peg and it's that much more competitive at the top of the conference. Well, you have four in both of the first top 16 seed releases from the committee. So like you can't, you can't argue that it's because of a down conference. Like it's very much the opposite. So that, I mean, that's just like a, a, like completely well, against and, the and, facts. <laughs> and and with Texas beating Oklahoma, I have a hard time imagining that the next time it comes out, unless one of those four teams just completely collapses, I have a hard time imagining that we're not going to have four more, like four in the next Again, one as well. Yeah. And and honestly, if Kansas can go on a hot streak here, there's a chance that we they might be able to sneak up and at least be in consideration for it. I think it's a, a tall task considering they're not ranked right it now. It probably won't break um, 
in there, but they'll be close. Right. Like they, they will be one of the teams that people will wonder if there's a chance for them to do they it. Assuming of course, ranked. that they went out at this point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I actually did look it up. It was 2007, 2008 season where there was five teams mm. that were bunched up at the top of the conference mm-hmm. standings. That was the last time that more than one team ended within three games of the conference leader. Wow. That was a crazy year. It was. That's insane. That's so long ago. <laughs> I know. It was I probably still, let's see. Yeah, my teeth still would have been busted. I, oh, I really bad teeth. I, I was just, I would have just <laughs> been a, just a, just a little kid. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, this is one of those stats too that I just have to share. If Kansas is able to continue and finish above 500 in the conference, which at this point it's hard to imagine that they won't, Mm -hmm. this will be the first time that they'll finish with a record above 500 in the Big 12 conference since the 1999-2000 season when Marion Washington took that team and finished fourth in the conference and made a run in the the NCAA tournament. That's how long it's been for Kansas. It's been over 20 years since they finished 500 in the conference or better. Get excited, Kansas fans. Get excited. Uh, so it's I'm. this is a fun race to keep track of, guys. Again, you got four teams in contention. If we want to say Kansas, Texas is, isn't out of it, you can. You could say five. Like that's, That is very exciting. That's a lot of teams to be really excited about. Speaking of a lot of teams to be really excited about, Homefield Apparel. Because they have so many Big 12 teams available on the site. And they're adding new teams every week. Not all Big 12. As part of Big New Saturday Season 3, they just launched uh, North Carolina State, and they're freaking awesome. Uh, it's just, like, every time they release one, you're like, they're not going to do it. Like, tag nabbit. They did it again. How do they keep doing such a good job? This was week four. I don't know who week five is. I'm very excited. It's all basketball-centric. I cannot wait to see. If you haven't been to Homefield Apparel yet, what are you doing? What are you doing? They've got Baylor, Iowa State, Texas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Okay? They have Cincinnati. BYU, Houston, UCF. That's 10 schools that can call themselves Big 12 schools now. or in, And hey, they're all going to be Big 12 schools at some point. Haha. I just, just go. Like, you know what? Forget me trying to be clever. Homefieldapparel.com. Just go. Don't be like, well, I, don't know. I know some of you have been keeping stuff in there. You're waiting for your school. That's fine. Just go. Use the promo code Network 12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2. 15% off your first order. All orders of $100 or more get free shipping. You're going to be like, I'm not going to spend $100. Sure you you will. will. Yes, you will. No (laughs) one goes there and goes, like, the only way you're not spending $100 is if you find one shirt randomly and just go straight to it and buy it and leave. But good luck because that's not possible. I've never left with one item. I don't know how you buy one item. It's not a thing. You're like, I'm not even going to buy one shirt. Oh, crap. They got Slippery Rock stickers. Guess I'm done. I'm going to buy the... Uh, no. You just just go shop. 15% off your first order. Network 12. N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2. Big New Saturday Season 3. Basketball-centric. Still going. There's a big tall school coming. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel today. There's only one place to get the best daily audio coverage of the Kansas Jayhawks, and that's here on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Join me, your host, Andy Mitz, every weekday as we go through all the biggest stories affecting your favorite college teams, whether that's football, 
basketball, tennis, soccer, baseball, softball, volleyball, or any other team that the Kansas Jayhawks put forward. If there's a story to cover, we grab a guest from across the sports landscape and bring that story to you. Find it now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Current and former athletes, members of the athletic department, and of course the best fans in the country all make up a very special group we like to call the Cyclone Family. Join me, Jamie Steyer Johnson, as I bring you closer to the people that make Iowa State unique each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast. Some names you may know, while others may be new to you, but one thing's for sure, this is one family reunion you won't want to miss. Each week on the Cyclone Family Podcast. All right, let's wrap this up because we got a lot to do uh, to prepare ourselves for the Super Bowl tonight. I got lots of things to Wait, make. Wait, hold on. I have things to make. Yeah. Wait. Do you know how insane it is to get 17 assists in a game? Do you know what? Do you know how insane that is? That's crazy in an NBA game. That's crazy in a professional game. Okay, it's so crazy. Why, yes, Jamie, we do know how insane it is, That's, but please, it, it's, go it's, on. It's so crazy that we didn't realize that we had tied the school record for threes in a game because we were so focused on the assists. <laughs> Wait, really? So you're we're saying it was a great day for Iowa it State was, fans. It was, and we're <laughs> and so, you know, when you're calling a game on the radio, we have a stat broadcast. And so it has, you know, the box score and it gives us trends and stuff like that. The one we had was behind. And so our box score was consistently about a minute behind the game. So like we're struggling, whatever. We're sitting there in our first break after the game ends. And I go on Twitter and I'm scrolling. And our tweet from our official account is like, Emily Ryan's 17th assist to break the school record also is for a three to tie the school record for threes in a game. And I turned to Noah, my broadcast partner. I'm like, we missed, we, we didn't really, we would like, it was nowhere on our radar. <laughs> it's kind of a, That's insane. kind of an interesting team to be caught off guard when you hit 19 threes. You're like, oh yeah, normal day, normal game. That's insane. That's wild. I'm sitting here on her hoop stats, just like looking at random stuff. Like, did you know that Iowa State's fourth in the country on points per 100 possessions? It's true. It's true. Oklahoma is the second highest scoring team in the nation at 85.3 points per game. And they were first uh, for quite a while. Yeah, they fall behind DePaul. Uh, Ioka Lee remains number two in top NCAA players by win shares at 9.9, although Aaliyah Boston is pulling ahead of her. Uh, guess who's now back on this list that had fallen off and is now sitting at fifth? That would be Nalissa Smith, Baylor, at 8.6. She's closing in, which we're going to have to have another conversation about player of the year in the Big 12 because I think we're going to have to adjust a few things based off of how Kansas State season is currently going. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll save that for another week. Oh, by the way, points per scoring attempt. Morgan Kane of Iowa State, 1.44. Taylor Robertson of Oklahoma, 1.44. Heyo. Morgan Kane is a 75% three-point shooter on her career, for your information. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Emily Ryan. baby. Emily Ryan for Iowa State, 7.2 assists per game, which is third in the country. Third I have to say, Philip, I'm a little mad that this is the first time that her hoop stats come up on the podcast because I've it's been not. looking. It's not. I'm sorry. I've been looking for something to find. <laughs> Stat Jamie? information. Jamie, is this the first time that her hoop stats has come up on the podcast? No, because we had um, like the stat of the week from them. 
Well, crap. Well, then it's the first time that's come up when I've been on the podcast. That I think. might be so true. What, what Andy is admitting is that he doesn't listen to the show. No, 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 no. What I am admitting I is that I listen it. to the show, but I'm usually <gasps> doing it while I'm working. Like the ones I'm not on, I listen to while I'm working, and I don't catch every single word that you say. I apologize, Philip, mm-hmm. but at least I up. listen. I just apparently don't listen as closely as I probably should. All right, the week coming up, let's wrap with this. Men's side, Monday, Oklahoma State at Kansas, West Virginia at Kansas State. Keep track of what I'm talking about. Uh, Tuesday, we get Red River, Texas at Oklahoma, Iowa State at TCU. Wednesday, Baylor at Texas Tech. Uh, Saturday's lineup includes Kansas State at OSU, TCU at Baylor, Texas Tech at Texas, Uh, Oklahoma at Iowa State, and Kansas at West Virginia. Now that I have listed off all of these matchups and – cackled and giggled at a few uh what do you guys uh what do you guys what is your cannot miss this week i mean uh, that wednesday one is awfully juicy baylor <laughs> and texas tech yeah um i mean that's not the texas tech game but yeah well i mean yeah the you know what though i am i am curious about that texas tech texas game that's going to be coming up on saturday because i can tell you right now the fan base in Texas, in, in Austin, is nowhere near, I think, invested in that quote-unquote rivalry between, you know, Chris Beard and Texas Tech as the fan base at Texas Tech was. So they're going to try to be, and they're going to fail miserably. I think it's going to be a quote-unquote fake enthusiasm, and when we get there, we're going to realize that everybody is, like, the must TV for, the ne- for, for next year is going to be, again, when Texas goes back to Texas Tech. Um, it's not going to be when Texas Tech comes to Texas. Let's just have you seen all the kerfuffle yes. about how oh Texas has been trying to do everything they can to keep Texas Tech fans from buying it's gonna tickets. be so chaotic. I'm obsessed. Which, I am so tempted to go buy tickets as yes. a Kansas fan just to yes. give them to Texas Tech people. Well, like sell um, them to Texas Tech people, but for the people who who sound who hear that and say, Well, of course you don't want the opponent to buy tickets, you're missing the point. <laughs> They're having to stop Texas Tech fans from buying tickets because they were going to buy out all the tickets and all go. The arena in Austin was going to be all red and black and a little bit of orange. That's what Texas Tech fans are trying to do. they literally can't get their own fans to buy them. Like, I know Texas fans have been showing up more and there's a better environment and Hawaiian shirt guy and all this stuff, which (laughs) shouts to to Midwest Madness this week. Um, Really good show. With uh, Christina Huang, who covers Texas, go check that one out. Really good. Time. They have a really good conversation about Texas trying to build the fan base back up. But like Texas is trying to keep Texas Tech fans out because it's going. It would be like seventy five percent Texas Tech, twenty five percent Texas because the rate Texas Tech was trying to buy tickets, and they're still finding all the ways. Because like Texas put tickets out early, and Texas Tech fans were gobbling them up. Like, well, then just like a giant sweeping his hand Phillip. through a small village to consume everyone. <laughs> I, I am changing my answer now. Now I, I'm going to be tuned in, at least at the very beginning, to just see how many Texas Tech fans are actually in the building. The game is at 1130 on Saturday I'm on ABC. I am about, going to be watching Talk about game. weird times. 1130. That's just a weird time to tip a basketball game. I'm going to be honest. It is. It is. I, that... Oh, that game. Like, I, we should be excited for Texas Tech versus Baylor, and I am from a basketball standpoint because that game is going to be a Lubbock and Texas Tech fans. What a week for Texas Tech fans. You get Baylor at home on Wednesday, and then you get to go to Austin for a, for a game. game where you're going to – Texas fans, like, this isn't so much a shot at you. It's like, you don't care about basketball that much. And be like, yes, we do. It's, it's not a shot you if don't, they don't care. 
you don't care that much. Well, the problem is like the passionate fans of Texas basketball get mad when you say that. It's like we're not talking about you I can block personally, three Jimbo. If they harass me. I don't care. We're talking <laughs> about like the fan base as a whole. Like, it's a football school. That's I think it. Philip missed uh, that, Jamie. Oh, I. I he... We're just glossing over it. You just, can't. Uh, you can't laugh at every one of my one-liners. We'd never get any speaking done. We wouldn't. Um, speaking of Texas. Uh, I will run through the women's side for you. Did you guys have any other games you wanted to highlight before we moved to women's? I'll be a little occupied this week. I'm about to get to. So. Uh, well, you yeah. know what? One other one that kind of jumps out, the TCU at Baylor game, um, which doesn't seem like it should, just kind of coming off of it. But look, Baylor Baylor needs every game the rest of the way to try to to make sure that Kansas can't you know pull away. Um, and that TCU team has been very, very um pesky with a lot of different teams and now that mike miles is back you saw the way he played um you know at texas tech i'm gonna be honest texas tech got on a roll really early in the second half there and everything snowballed it wasn't that tcu was as bad as you know the game actually went this last weekend it was that they were in lubbock and that crowd at lubbock can really get up in your face and can make you know small mistakes become gigantic mistakes i think tcu is a team that potentially could go on the road down in Waco and upset a Baylor team. So that that's one to keep an eye on. But, you know, I, I definitely think that more people are going to be paying attention to Texas Tech and Texas at that point. Uh, the other one I will highlight is basically just the week for Kansas State. You get West Virginia at home on Monday. I think that's a must-win game for Kansas State if they're realistically going to try and get the tournament. Every game for them at this point is like, you just got to win them. Uh, and then they go to Oklahoma State on Saturday in, like, which that game was close in Manhattan. And OSU has been pretty good at home on Saturdays. It's a big week for Kansas State. If they can go 2-0 here, then we're going to have real conversations about them. Like, this is this is a real chance come next week. Uh, okay, women's side. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fair. Like, no offense to the teams at the bottom of the conference. This is, again, a 5-6 to six team race. Those are the games you're paying attention to. For the women's side, Wednesday, Jamie. Iowa State at Texas. Who boy. Yeah. Oh my. Uh Saturday, Oklahoma <laughs> at Iowa State. Jamie. An what Oklahoma a Iowa for you. State doubleheader. Men and women both play. Oh it ain't. Saturday. Men play at one, we play at Saturday. six. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I mean I'll probably looking go at the, the rest of this looking at the rest of the schedule, could an upset happen somewhere in here? You know, does Vivian Gray get hot and beat Oklahoma and Norman? Uh it's very possible. We've seen Texas Tech pull off upsets. West Virginia at Kansas. Like, we've seen West Virginia get close in games before. Uh, yeah. I think it's just, I think this is an Iowa State week where we're really paying attention with those two games on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those Iowa State games are going to go a long way to determining whether this is a, you know, teams trying to tie for the Big 12 lead at the end of the year or if Iowa, like, if Iowa State wins both of them, then it's over. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't see. I, I, I mean, I, I understand it's not mathematically over, but if they get those two big wins, then you get to the point where Baylor is the only one that theoretically could catch up on their own. Um, and Baylor is still going to have to deal with some other teams as well. So it's like, you know, I think the you get through these two, Iowa State could probably still afford to drop one and win outright with the way everything else is going. You get through that weekend, it's closer to a two-team race. It's it, very nearly a two-team race between them and until, until Kansas upsets Iowa State. 
Big one for the Cyclones. <laughs> I came on your show. I gave I you know. a case You know what, though? Preview. One of these days, it's going to happen. I can dream. <laughs> Give me this dream. I would love for them to get until, a, a Until you crush my dream upsets. on the air. No, you know what? I, I will be their biggest fan for all but one game the rest of the season. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> Play spoiler for everyone else. <laughs> all I want to know is when Kansas is upsetting Iowa State on the 23rd. Are you going to get mad at me on the air? I No, neither of us have any impact on the game. Oh, I know. Just, Obviously, Andy's just fault, if you're really you mean to, to me. Him. Exactly. Just if you try and talk smack, okay, I'll okay. throw my headset and I'll leave. But <laughs> I, I need that. Jamie throwing her headset like just just to GIF to use <laughs> on social. For like, what happened to Iowa State today? Just chuck it, shatter into a million pieces. That could Tom certainly be getting some use. Um, <laughs> I would say that could be arranged. <laughs> Should have seen me turn Ask, my phone and, on on Saturday. <laughs> asking you shall receive. Uh, okay, this feels like a good place to wrap. Uh, my wife's probably like, "I got all this breaking to do, and you're not in here." Um, that's not a shout at my wife. That's I'm taking too long. Uh, <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at 1012network, T-E in the number 12 of the word network. Uh, follow us on the gram at 1012pod. Uh, maybe next week we'll get Ed Steyer on the show. Who knows? One day it'll happen for real. At some point it'll happen for Jamie's show. That, of course, is the Cyclone Family Podcast, which you should all be paying attention to. Hi, Ed. There How's it is. going? Right there. Uh, follow Jamie at J Steyer, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. Uh, follow Andy at AndyMitz12. Follow uh, Blue Wing Rising on Twitter. Check it out online. I said that right, right? It's not Blue Wings Rising. It's at Blue Wings, Wings Rise. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, the plural is weird to me. Uh, that's cool. Don't forget to check out Rock Chalk Podcast. Find every show on the network at 1012network.com. T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. That's spelled N-E-T-W-O-R-K if I haven't spelt it enough over the duration of the show. If you don't know how to spell network. Look, I've failed the word happening in the spelling bee in, in fifth grade. I was like two people But away. you're not hung up on it at all. Not no, it haunts me to this day. I could be a spelling bee chick. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Like, they would have thrown some... Look, I'm undefeated in Wordle, and that's all that matters. That's what prepares yes, me for Yes, exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Look at us. Undefeated at Wordle. Got, what an accomplishment. Got a vocabulary of five-letter words. Not all. That's what I went to college for. as lucky for. as us. We'll be back on Thursday. We will have our college baseball preview as college baseball season gets started. Uh, we will talk softball again soon. I'm very excited about that. We ran out of time. Let's wrap it up. Talk to you guys then. Podcast Network.